The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. G'day everybody and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. I'm your host, Macca19, and joining me this evening is Rick. Yeah, Macca, how's it going? Mate, what a win. We wait to stop, stop, <laughs> stop until we're top, top, top. Yeah. Oh, goodness me. That was uh, that was unusual. Like, that had all everything um, against us, I reckon, on the weekend, like... The, the prior results, which um, which went in our favour, uh, which usually this year means that we'll lose. Um, we have our typical sort of uh, fade out in the last quarter and uh, looking at a disastrous home loss. And uh, somehow we find a way to win. It bucked the trend of the last two and a half years, didn't it? It did. That's right. So, That's uh, right. I mean... You know, I guess we've had the controversial discussion of uh, of people uh, leaving the game early. Um, what's your take on it? I don't do it because um, I like to sit there until the end, and then I wait a little bit longer so half the crowd's gone, and then then I sort of slowly make my way out the out of the ground. So did you see that I uh, I I stood up with two minutes to go? Well. You're a uh, you usually leave pretty early, mate. So that's no surprise. <laughs> well, I actually didn't think there was actually two minutes left to be serious, and uh, but I must admit I didn't actually leave because um, I wanted to beat the tra- traffic or anything because I was just walking home anyway. But um, I was just had enough. Yeah, it was like another mm. Richmond game all over. And, uh, yeah, it was another umpire reaming as per normal. And uh, and it was just like, I'm sick of watching this shit. I can't handle it anymore. And uh, But it was good that we walked slowly. So uh, we saw uh, we saw the last two goals at the back of the stand. And, uh, and I think it's all Nicole's fault, to be honest. I think she's bad luck because uh, every game she goes to, they lose. And the moment we take her away, they win. Mm. So that's it. She is banned. Banned forever. There we go. She's probably happy yes. about that. So there you go. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but uh, but she, hey, she was even in on the ump bashing. She uh, she doesn't even understand football and she thought something didn't look right there. So uh, mm. if an American who doesn't understand the game thinks something's fishy, um, Something must be going on. So what was fishy about it? Because it was hard for me because I didn't go to the game. I had to work. Um, and it's yep. always tricky to look at the umpiring um, after the fact when the uh, when the result's known and the raw emotion of the moment is out of the game. Um, mm. So for probably three quarters, I didn't really notice the umpiring until kind of the last quarter when uh, there was quite a few sort of strange non-deliberates and all sorts of funny stuff going on. But uh, what were your thoughts at the ground? I guess, well, I guess what you, look, at the ground, and then I watch the game on replay on the TV, um, on the TV, it's not as noticeable at the ground, to be honest, in the first three quarters. But there was a lot of um, non-calls, even in the first three quarters that were made, um, and also a couple of dubious ones that were made. But most definitely, looking at it on TV, the first three quarters, yeah, you 
don't really notice it as much, but they were there. I can't I can't remember the specific incidents now, but um, there was just a lot of you know there was like push. I mean, there was the one Polek, for example, that push in the goal square, and then you know a couple of minutes later, Bruce does exactly the same thing where he kicks a point. Um, they're just very confused. You know, there was those little inconsistencies throughout the game. Um, but, yeah, the last quarter and a bit was just a complete reaming. And um, it was... I mean, that last, uh, that last non-deliberate joke. call right at the end. Uh, I mean, that's that has to be deliberate every day of the week. Um, I, I'm sure the only reason they didn't call that deliberate was because it was a close game and because there was probably only 30 seconds left which they probably would have known about as well. Um, so that's the only reason that I can see that that didn't get paid. But I will say this when watching the replay. We are very, very lucky that Aaron Young didn't get a free kick for holding the man, um, which uh, just moments before his goal, because he was holding on to, um, I think, Carlisle's arm um, in that spoil. And mm. uh, that could have very, very easily been a free kick. Oh, controversial call, Mecca. I didn't notice it, but uh, I'll take your word for it. But oh, look, they were. I didn't, I didn't notice it the first time, but I did notice it the second time. I thought, "Whoa, look at that!" And that's um, that's uh, that's pretty lucky that that didn't get cold. I just think I think also like the the three umpiring system. I'm not really convinced on like the way they adjudicate. So I don't know who the St Kilda player was that threw his head back, but um, you know the umpire that was there side on close to the game, uh, the pack, didn't call it, right? Mm. And so then the umpire that was 50 metres away, who was, and we were behind him, obviously front, just saw saw it like head on, so saw the illusion of a head-high tackle uh, or impact and called it. So the, the closest umpire side on with the best view didn't call it. Now, they need to work out this system a lot better because obviously on the replays you can see it was a dive, and um, and yeah, it's it's just not a system that seems to be working properly because yeah, they need to work out what angles they're looking at stuff at. And I know it's hard with real time and and the speed of the game and stuff, but surely they have to honour the umpire that's closest to the action a bit more. I mean, there was those other freeze like the sliding freeze, for example, when Trengo slid for the ball and the St Kilda player tripped over his legs, like ran in late. Um, yeah, you know, and, and even the Robbie Gray sliding free was very dubious. Mm. Um, you know, and it, and it just kept on going along those lines. And I mean, obviously, in the heat of the moment, us supporters get a bit more riled up. And uh, but yeah, it, it it looked pretty shocking from from my perspective. And and honestly, that was three quarters of the reason I got up because I thought, yeah, we we're cooked. And uh, I was sick of just being reamed by the umpires again. It was just a, a complete disaster. Mm. And uh, and I just thought, screw this bullshit. I got uh, I got better things to do, like knit my, my knit myself a new pair of socks or something. So uh, yeah. So socks but it was great. Socks are important. Mm. But yeah, on the TV, it definitely was a lot harder to pick up uh, the inconsistency in the umpiring in those first three quarters to live. Yeah, for sure. Right, let's go on to our love and hate. One thing we loved and hated about Port Adelaide uh, this weekend. What was your love? Oh, my love. Um, well, there's obviously we could take the uh, 
the typical tap to Robbie Gray, or we could take the I don't want to steal your thunder, or the you know winning a close game for the first time in uh, this century. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll go with uh, Polek bouncing back because I thought he was disappointing last week, yeah. and um, and he really stood up and you know he played that that strong running game from forward to back. And uh, and he was very influential in the top three players, I thought. Um, and uh, we really needed that from Robbie. I'm sorry, from Jared. So uh, I was very, very uh, yeah. I, that that's my love for the for the weekend. Yeah, he was great. Thirty touches, a goal, seven inside fifties. He certainly did bounce back and was one of the key reasons why we won for that one. I mean, it's hard to go past uh, Paddy to Robbie forever, but. Um, in the end, my love is uh, that we won ugly. Not just won ugly, but we won tough for once. Um, you know, they had more of the ball. They had more scoring shots, more inside 50s, more tackles, more clearances, more contested possessions. They had the umpiring go their way. Um, and yet we led for 90% of that game and, and won the game. Um, I think it's good to show that we can actually win some tough games when things don't go our way. And um, it's not something that we've done all year, really. So... Um, when you add in the uh, the West Coast game where we came from uh, four or five goals down, um, we've run into a, some more sort of convincing form in the last sort of month. Absolutely, and I and I think the to the critics that were criticising the win and um, you know and saying you know we you know it shouldn't have been that close. Well, really, every time we got a bit of momentum, the umpires sort of seemed to help rest that momentum back in St Kilda's direction quite often. So um, not trying to rob St Kilda of all good work, but, um, yeah, so it was really difficult for the players to get momentum. And you could see in, by the last quarter, even they were confused with what the hell was going on out there. And, uh, but, yeah, it's... And I think if we won more... If we won a couple more of those games, let's be realistic, you can't win them all the time unless you're Geelong... Um, but uh, if we won a couple more of those games, probably people wouldn't walk as often because um, you know they've been uh, dished up the same thing time and time again. So I'm hoping that these uh, this can be a watershed moment. Mm. Fair enough. What was your hate? My hate, um, my hate was uh, this repeat issue that we have of all too many defenders going up, not enough staying down, and we get these small forwards. Forwards in general being free at the back, running running into an open goal. I'm not even going to class them as a Joe to Goose goal, mm. um, but it's just poor defensive work. And I think it goes deeper than that. I actually, I still think we're. I don't know if the players are following the instructions well enough, or um, or if it's the the coach's directions. But I just couldn't see our structure as well as St Kilda's, and so. It's, it's sort of there's two hates there, I guess. Well, sort of the same. Our structure at the def- right at the defence when it comes to blocking or to spoiling, too many are going up and not enough staying down, leaving unaccountable players. And just around general play, um, I've, I was finding it very difficult to see what our actual actual strategy was with loose men. And it was, so it was a lot more noticeable to see St Kilda and the formation they were trying to play with their structures and their loose men compared to what it was for Port Adelaide. Yeah. Oh, that's a good call. Um, look, I don't think we were anywhere near our best, and our structures were a little bit over the shop. I'm not sure if we just got a little bit spooked by the by the rain and the weather and the wind, and we just sort of uh, reverted back to sort of old school footy. But look, in the end, we won the game. So, 
Um, happy about that. Um, well, it's just Macker, I guess. The supporters get frustrated with our no forward targets, right? But I guess modern footy, as you would know, you don't have as many forward targets, if any now, at certain points in the game. But we just don't seem to have any structure either with the, our loose players on the forward transition. Yeah. I, I don't and think that, our... Um, yeah, look, I don't think our lack of another genuine tall forward cost us in this game. I think it was more... Um, what we were trying to do to deliver the ball. Like, it just seemed like every time we tried to go inside 50, we'd kick it 25 metres over our forward's head, um, straight to the waiting uh, St Kilda players sort of hanging back a bit. And it just seemed a bit of a theme that every time we tried to, to go inside 50, we'd turn the ball over. Um, and we had like 84 clangers, which must be close to a record. Um, well, there was no there was no method at all. They, it was like they just went, oh, this is traditional wet weather footy, just kick it. Yeah, and so that's all they did. They didn't even think or try. They just kicked it. You know, I don't know how many out on the falls there were on that western sand stand side, but it was ridiculous. It was just, um, you know, yeah. kicking it too close to the line, and um, yeah, the skills were poor to say the least. And they played with little, not enough confidence. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway. Uh, my hate was the fact that I had to watch. Um, well, I hate the NBN and I hate Telstra. And I, I hate the internet that we've got at work. Um, whenever I'm working in the port games, on we, we usually have an iPhone set up or a Samsung set up with, uh, with the game playing on the AFL website, streaming. Uh, so we can sort of uh, mm-hmm. keep a little eye on the game when, when we get a moment. And, we uh, are in Port Heartland. That's true, very true. And uh, so I threw a bit of a tantrum when I saw that uh, we'd gone 10 points behind. I thought, oh, stuff this. This is so typical. Um, you know, it, it, everything was going against us, and I thought, that's it. I'm going to the toilet. I'm not going to watch again. So I went to the toilet, came back. My old man's standing at the door and said, you know, there's a kick in it. So I come back inside just as we sort of go inside 50 uh, for that first time. And then the uh, the video um, of the stream froze as the ball mm. went out of bounds for that non-deliberate call that Carlisle <sighs> kicked for that final throw-in. Yeah. Outrageous. But the audio kept going. So the the video had frozen, but the audio kept going. So I was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. oh, what a great tap. Robbie Gray, he runs the 50. He's kicked. Has he kicked? And then the audio froze. It's like, oh, what is going on here? <laughs> and then, so the audio froze, and then the video started up again to try and catch up to the audio. And so for about, for something which could have been this momentous moment, it ended up, taking about 60 seconds to find out what the hell actually happened at the end there. And mm. it was, oh, so frustrating. You had to be there, I guess. But At least, the one bonus is you can have the AFL live pass and it's now tax deductible, mate. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, we'll be, we'll be claiming that, I'd, that's for I'd, sure. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd, be cla- I'd be claiming that, baby, absolutely. <laughs> You're oh, using yeah. it for your patrons in the shop. No, we're but using AF- it for us. <laughs> yeah, no, for the patrons, shh. And not only that, the AFL app is so far behind too. If you listen to the radio station on there, it's like 30 seconds behind the game. Mm. So don't even, don't even bother trying to listen to the radio on your phone. Technology. That's it. Outrageous. Yeah, but I like outrageous. it. That's a, good, that's a good hate. Oh, it was very frustrating. To have the, audio, the video freeze and then the audio freeze right at the critical moment, it was just like, oh, get stuffed. This, we is just, not, this is not right. This is as not a fair. consumer, 
We just want a quality product, don't we? We want to. Yeah. We pay good money. We just want quality. I wanted to know that we won that game thirty-five seconds before I ended up finding out. So, you know, not when good we enough. when we actually when we actually won the game. Mm, exactly. Right. Let's go on to questions. Uh, Mission Possible was asked: Can we find another gear to be able to compete against the best? Uh, on current form, I don't think so. I reckon we might. Well, as I've said, I've I've remained bullish about this. Um, I'm pretty confident uh, that we will be able to uh, compete against the best when the time comes. Well, un- unless they're holding something up their sleeve and playing a very risky game in wanting to qualify for finals, but we've lost our, we seem to have lost our dare and run quite a bit, and. Um, and we've sort of lost that shape that we had for a little bit as well. So I don't know if it's the opposition teams that have worked us out or if we're just trying to keep uh, uh, yeah, keep something up our sleeve until finals time. But, uh, but it'd be hard-pressed, um, yeah, to actually uh, completely believe. Yeah. Um, we've got a, a, a Spreaker comment from Nicholas Till saying, technology outrageous, as Rick's mic cuts out. And I will say, yes, I blame uh, the NBN for that as well, because we once had a faultless um, podcast live stream going here. Uh, as soon as I got the NBN, now when I host, um, it cuts out every 15 seconds. So uh, good to see that the uh, the government's done a wonderful job with the, uh, with the NBN. <laughs> Uh, do you know i had a i can tell you just completely off topic i um i I interviewed this guy when i was doing that business uh, podcast and uh, mark moses uh, an american guy and it was great i um i did this hour and a half interview it was awesome and uh yeah i had a skype failure halfway through and i thought it and i thought it all booted back up but it still chose not to record great stuff happening there good work anyway anyway uh, Mission Possible was also asked, how the hell did St Kilda not get numbers to that boundary contest? I'm sort of... Yeah, go yeah, on. I, I'm not sure if it was not numbers to the contest, but numbers in that hole. Like, how can you possibly leave a hole like that? Um, that that's just criminal. Like, <laughs> I can't imagine what the, the St Kilda rooms would have been like after that game. Because if I was rich, I would have been going, losing my banana at that. It was ridiculous to leave that much space. Like, fair enough, they pushed everybody back for the long kick that came in. But they didn't leave anybody sort of halfway uh, for someone to stop someone sort of running into goal. Um, just craziness. Mm. Yeah, I guess it's, you know, in the moment, it's easy to sort of pick it apart, though. But, um, you know, during oh, the game... That's just, that's just a I systems mean, you could, uh, breakdown. Easily. It is a systems like, breakdown. Like that, they would train for that sort of thing, and you would expect to have you know one to two people in that spot ready for a quick kick out or a handball or anything like that. They they just sort of screwed the pooch. And I'm not sure what Seb Ross was doing either at that at that uh, tap. He completely lost Gray. Dunstan was uh, found completely flat footed, and and it was just the perfect storm, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, did that. So was that number six? Number six, yeah, several. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he just, yeah, I don't, he was daydreaming. He just went on the wrong sure. side and uh, and got stuck. So, 
do you think if the same situation was on the opposite side of the ground, would that have been Jared, Jared Pollock making that play with a, as a left footer? Uh, no. I still reckon it would have been Robbie. Interesting. Hmm. I, was, I was thinking about that today. I wonder if it would have been Jared on the other side. Possibly, but no, don't think so. No. Okay. Uh, Magpies Power has asked, is Paddy's Palm the single most genius piece of Australian rules football since 1858? Yeah, I saw that. What did you think? Oh, it's up there with Monfrey's bounce. Um, look, it, it would be right up there. To win a game um, with the last kick in that fashion, I mean, that's up there. That's certainly up there. Arguably uh... the best tap I've ever seen, I reckon. Really? Uh, see, I was thinking about that. I guess it's something you don't... Forget the game. Just for, just think of that that single moment to win a game of football. A tap over the back, running in. Beautiful. Perfection. A- absolute perfection. Yeah. I'm, it's hard. It's one of those things that, you know, you don't remember... I mean, I remember some great taps from Primus in the centre square that he just farmed out to midfielders that just bloody... Um, you know, just palm through to cut through. But I guess at the moment, it's the most impactful. I can't even argue against it because I can't remember the other ones. But, yeah, it was a pretty awesome tap. And he, you could just see you meant it the whole time. So it wasn't luck. It wasn't a fluke. Yeah. It was just a good quality. And that's what, you know, what have I been banging on for for the last five years, Mecca? When I think of Port Adelaide, I think of an awesome Ruckman and an awesome great tap Ruckman. Port Adelaide's always had strong influential tap ruckman and that's why the last few years have been so frustrating um so it's great to see such a great influential ruckman again and what a difference it makes yeah the the only other single piece of uh, genius football i can think of is scotty slotting that goal in the 96 prelim just because it was so tricky to slot that goal with the wind going the way it was he had to absolutely nail that and he did um this would be right up there for sure um, yeah Next question, Power Raiders asks, do we have any improvement this year in this squad? Um, if so, where does it come from? Oh, I think so. Counteracts what I was saying earlier, but I think so. Um, I think I think we carry too many players that aren't getting enough ball. So, you know, yeah. if, if, if White or White's replacement, if he was to be replaced, um, stayed in the side... Uh, you think they could get more ball. Jarman Impey could get more ball. Jackson Trengove could have more influence in the play. Um, so I think that's where Aaron Young is another example. So, like, if he was replaced with Brendan Archie, I think, um, yeah, I think they're all players that could influence more. And I do think um, Sam Powell Pepper's injured at the moment. Yeah. Oh, I'm not sure about that, but... I think there's definitely improvement left in the squad. I think our bottom four players are probably still reasonably poor. They're not delivering what they should. Um, and I don't think we are going to be able to carry Impey and White come finals time now that Amon's back. Because Amon does uh, probably twice the work as what those two do put together. Um, mm. And we can't have two outside runners only getting you know six, seven, eight touches a game like both no. of them. It's just not... Not going to work. Um, so what do you what do you disagree with? 
uh, Pal Pepper playing injured? Well, within the first two minutes in the centre contest, he got impacted and he touched. His, he went to hold his shoulder. Mm. So, well, maybe he is. Maybe he's still feeling it from uh, the West Coast game. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, if that's the case. Um, give the guy a week or two off before the finals. Let him be fresh. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Archie should be able to, in theory, should be able to slot in and and sort of play that role. So, um, you know, I would definitely, uh, I'd definitely be uh, giving him a rest if that's the case. Yeah. Uh, Power Girl has asked, is our two-point win and the Crows' 50-point turnaround draw the very best preparation for them and the very worst preparation for us? in that we played right. 110 minutes of rubbish footy and were saved uh, by some individual brilliance rather than structure or a winning game plan. Who asked that question? Power Girl. I thought we weren't answer, asking any of her questions. <laughs> you told I me last, last week, week that she, you told me she was banned. Yeah, I did. I banned You've her for one soft. week. Now she's back. She's back with oh, vengeance. Okay. So what's the question? Oh, I'm not repeating it. It was a very long question. That's why I don't read her bloody things out because it's too long. Um, <laughs> uh, no, like it was this weekend's results the best preparation for the Crows and the worst preparation for us? I um, I think it was the Crows' result was the best thing for us because Me too. they yeah, were obviously I, poor. I feel like it was the opposite to what Power Girl was saying. I think it was the best. Preparation. Yeah. We've we've come um, into a gone into a hard game and we've won it. Uh, they've probably had to use a lot more petrol tickets to get the result that they got. Um, I don't know. I'm feeling pretty confident about uh, what happened this weekend and our, our well, chances next weekend. A loss would have given them the motivation to try and win again and prove something, right? And, and then the win would have given them that boost that you know we're sort of can come back from anything and we're invincible. And uh, and so this one was just a draw was sort of like nothing. Um, so, yeah, they came back, but they didn't win. So it sort of leaves them in limbo. So, you know, but they were pretty insipid in that first half against a pretty average Collingwood. So, yeah, you know, if we can come with intensity, I mean, uh, we should be a, be a shot. I think so. I don't think we're going to have to pull something out of the park to win this game next week. I think if we turn up and we play well, we can very easily win the game. Um, another Power Girl question. See, I do ask her questions. Where will be the best place to hide and or escape if we get pumped next week? Just water off a duck's back, Power Girl. If we lose and we get and we get teased, well, we have to cop it because we've been not good enough. Been insipid. So, um, you know, we, we like giving it out when we're on top, so we have to take it when we're on the bottom. Straight back grit. I like that. Uh, Gremio Power has asked, how much of our bad showing can be attributed to not having wind guard on the field? Nothing. Nothing, yeah. A little bit, but... Uh, no. Not sure. Well, this well, is, I, this I is think that, of... that solves our impy slash white issue, is that once wind guard comes back, one of them has to go out of the side. Excuse me. Um, look, this is the problem with our system. Uh, you know, there was a good question on the thread about, uh, and you chimed in with the uh, conversation about the number of players played and development and recruiting and all that sort of stuff. And 
And I guess that's probably the biggest p- problem for Port over the last 10 years is um, we haven't really had a proper game style system where the players can, from whenever they're recruited, can come in and at least play a role. And players seem to get confused and lost a little bit. When you compare it to the great sides at the modern era like Hawthorne and Sydney, Frio when they with Ross Lyon, you could you gotta argue that with Ross Lyon. It doesn't matter what club he's at, most of the time the teams know the system and you can plug and play. And uh, Port Adelaide doesn't seem to be able to have a system outside of maybe two thousand and fourteen where we can plug and have role playing players. Mm. Agree? Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I feel like we've gotten better with that under Hinckley. Um, I would agree with that under uh, sort of latter day Choco and and certainly under Primus as well. But I feel like in terms of our development, we can get players to a, a like a six out of ten level where they're sort of competent AFL players. They can come in and play okay, they look good one week, they look not so good the next, and then they just sort of um, you know, get dropped and go through that sort of uh, system again. Um, but we really struggle to get those uh, enough of those 6 out of 10 players to become 7, 8, 9 out of 10 players. That's where we um, have gone wrong in, uh, in the last sort of 5, 6, 7 years, I think. Yeah, and look, Cam O'Shea is probably the perfect example of that. Maybe Hamish Hartlett as well, but certainly Cam, where he had that fantastic 2013, um, was probably our best player in the final series. And you thought, you know, this kid's got a really great future, and then nothing. Like he just stagnated and then just slowly went backwards. We're seeing the same thing with Aaron Young this year. Um, the same thing sort of happened with Brett Ebert in the past. Maybe Daniel Motlop as well. Um, and certainly uh, Hammer at the moment too, uh, where he had a, a brilliant 2014, but hasn't been able to uh, to live up to that standard ever since. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see what happens. Hopefully we can get better. That's it. Uh, Don Draper has asked, uh, who is our most important player going to have to be in September? Uh, good question. I think there's, uh... there's one. Robbie name. Gray That's would not be the mine. Name I would have chose. I'm going Robbie Gray. I think it's it's an interesting question because it's not who's the most player going to be; it's going to have to be. And I think the most important player going to have to be is Charlie Dixon. Yeah, but he needs to get the ball. And I think we need exactly. Yeah, but we need yeah, but we need the midfield right. to get him. We need to get the bit the mid uh, the midfield needs to get him the ball. That's all. Mm. Um. So uh, that's the uh, that's the uh, that's the big challenge. And I think you know Robbie played more midfield moments uh, this weekend, and I think yeah, we're yeah. we're really missing him in the midfield, and it's been great to play the big bodies of Ebert and SPP and uh, um, mental blank wines in the middle. Um, but uh, we've been missing his extraction class. And I know Chad sort of, uh, you know, stepped up to the plate there. But, uh, you know, imagine a midfield more often with Robbie and Chad come finals time. I think that's a lot better. Oh, that'd be great. That would be wonderful. 
Uh, Monkey Tuck Man has asked, is the photo of Chad Corn celebrating the best photo of a runner ever? Yeah, look, I can't remember all of Arnfield's um, highlights, but, you know, he obviously uh, he obviously had a few too, and I saw you put one picture up, but it was a pretty good moment. And, I mean, I mean, how great for Chad, you know, former club champion and uh, still able to be in a position to enjoy the moment with the boys like that. I'm sure he would have been out there pumping them up too. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, look, that was a great moment. Uh, certainly had a chuckle when I saw that. And, uh, yeah, memories came flashing back of uh, of David Armfield and some of the antics that he used to get up to on the field as well. Um, and last question, Pommy Power has asked, where does the last two minutes of the game rank in your port highlight reel of all time? Might be well, hard for you to uh, answer was... that because you, uh, you had left by then, Rick. But uh, <laughs> it was... I still saw it on TV out the back. <laughs> Yeah, more than I did. Um, it's certainly up there. It has to be up there for sure. Well, there was the Poulton-Sydney game, which was pretty great. Yeah. And there was that one in 2000. Was that against Carlton with Peter Burgoyne? Yeah, yeah. That would be the most similar to this game, I reckon, because they yeah. uh, that, that was very, very similar because we were a couple of goals up and then Carlton kicked a few quick ones and we ended up kicking two goals in the space of 30 seconds uh, to win the Yeah. I, so I guess maybe because I, I was a bit younger back then and, uh, you know, so I used to get a bit more intensely into the footy, I, I guess my um, logic would probably go for that one. But, yeah, pretty mm. pretty good outcomes and uh, both are very high, uh, high up there. Yeah, for sure. Look, it, it's certainly up there. To kick, uh, to look like all hope is gone and to kick two goals in 75 seconds or whatever it was to win a game is uh, certainly a great thing. And, uh, you're right there? Yeah. That's good. Um, Why? Am I uh, making noise with my microphone? Yes. Yep. But that's okay. Uh, review time. Port played St Kilda on Saturday and won with the last kick of the game by two points. Nine goals, nine to eight goals, 13. Uh, there were no multiple goal call, uh, goal kickers on what was a, a pretty wet and uh, messy afternoon at. Um, well, there at was Adelaide for Oval. St Kilda. Uh, yeah, well, we don't worry about them, do we? <laughs> do we? So, yeah. Why did we win, Rick? Uh, we got lucky in the end. Um, I I'm still in the camp that we were the more dominant team. Uh, even though St Kilda had more scoring shots, um, I thought throughout the game, uh, Paddy Ryder had an awesome start to the game. Uh, he had he was very influential at the beginning, uh, dominated the ruck as he did for and even for the whole game, but especially early on. But was winning contested ball as well. And um, our defence again, Macca held up intensely well under pressure, and uh, that for me is the main reason uh, we won the game. Because of the defence, um, um, they're doing, they're having such a great season, and and I guess it, it sort of counteracts what I was saying before. But out of all the areas on the ground, the defence is almost the plug and play area at the moment, which you can, which we can rely on. Um, but we didn't win it from the fact of our midfielders um, having a core influence throughout the game. And there was, we had a lot of midfielders that were down for extended period of time. Uh, for some reason, and we can't afford yeah. that um, against the good sides. And uh, I guess we didn't really have a great forward transition structure, especially in the second half. 
And uh, and so, as everyone has said, it eventually, after the umpire reaming, which was breaking our momentum continually, uh, it came down to some moments of brilliance. And I really liked the comment today of someone tried to recognise Justin Westhoff's handball out to Young as well, um, which sort of shadowed compared to the rider to grey, but that was uh, that was an equal uh, influential moment to uh, to help us win the game. Yeah, it's a strange one um, reviewing this game, and I, I, it's really hard to explain why we won. As we said on the on the stat sheets, St Kilda sort of led most of the uh, the usual sort of critical categories. When you watch the game, we were incredibly wasteful. Um, our forward movement was a bit of a disaster for much of the game. Um, we had no real forward targets at all at any stage of the game. Um, we burned the ball coming out of the back line. As you said, a lot of our midfielders were down. And yet, for some reason, we led for probably, what, 90% of the game and ended up winning the game. Like, it's just one of those strange ones where you, I can't really put my finger on why we actually won this match. Well, I think St Kilda was just overall poorer than what we were for a fair chunk of the game. Yeah, it, quite possibly. I mean, they were they were certainly they'll be screwing themselves, um, you know, with this one. Three goals, twelve at three quarter time. That's um, that's one big reason why they lost the game. Like they just couldn't kick straight, and they 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 missed a couple of absolute sitters in front of goal, which they should have kicked. Um, but sort of running into an open goal and grubbering the ground and, and missing completely and all that sort of stuff. And um, I don't know, I, I feel like, I certainly feel like St Kilda probably played the better football on the day, um, but they just couldn't do enough to get the, the ball through the big sticks. It's a, it's a excuse me, it's a mute argument though. You're keeping you up, they... mate. Yeah, you are actually. Um, but if you, if they kicked the goal, would have it would have just changed the whole context of the game. It would have gone back to the centre square. Paddy Ryder was more dominant in the ruck, and so yeah, the, the context of the game would have been completely different. So um, you know, it, it's hard to argue that. But uh, you know, some of their free kicks were soft. You know, that fake head high tackle at the beginning, which wasn't there to result in a goal. Uh, shouldn't have occurred. Um, you know that Bruce push that was awarded a mark shouldn't have happened either. So um, yeah, it's uh, you know then there was the goal from the 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 one that should have been a mark or either a behind uh, sorry an out of bounds uh, with Bruce with the review system. Um, so you know it's 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 all inconsequential really. But it yeah look their their standard of play really wasn't much better than Port Adelaide. They uh, uh, they weren't overly um, aggressive, but they were. I thought they were running a little bit harder, and they were able to transition in the space better than what we were. Yeah, this is the sort of game where I wouldn't be surprised if on Brownlow night St Kilda get, you know, the three, the two, and the one. Oh. one. Gee, that's a big call. Robbie Gray and Paddy Ryder would get uh, three and two. I reckon Carlisle could get maybe one. Um, Absolutely. Carlisle, and uh, maybe I was thinking more like Dunstan was great, Seb Ross was great. Carlisle was very, very good. They had a lot of very good players and I don't know. It's just one of those sort of it's gonna be one of those bizarre games where, you know, maybe guys like Polek and, and Gray who were wonderful for us get overlooked. Um but I want to talk about Tommy Jones and the back line as a whole I thought did really well. I thought Cleary played a pretty good game. Uh, got beaten a bit in the last quarter, but I thought Tommy Jonas was great as well. 
And uh, as you mentioned earlier, Jasper Pirard, I thought, played his best game possibly for the year. Yeah, that effort in the end too was great. How he um, how he really took on the, those three continuous passages of play. He was spent by the last of it, but um, yeah, he was uh, he was instrumental. And I thought, yeah, it was an awesome game by Jasper. Look, the only defender I had question marks on was Matthew Broadbent. He uh, he hasn't recovered well from the ankle sprain and with form, and uh, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, it's still uh, it's still showing, and uh, and as I said before, I just don't like having um, Hartlett and Broadbent in the same side. That's fair. I thought Hammer was pretty good, um, or at least yep. solid. Um, Brad Ebert didn't have much of the ball; only the fourteen touches, kicked a goal, kicked a really important goal in the last quarter. But that little toe poke that he did um, to Polek at the end there. Which uh, which saw us um, get the ball forward for the winning goal. I mean, <laughs> talk about things going away. Like that was that was almost as clever as uh, Paddy's ruck work. Mm, it was a nice kick, wasn't it? Was nice <laughs> just pass. sticking your foot on it and lands in the lap of a running uh, Jared Pollock. Just perfection. How did you find Westhoff's game? Barely noticed he was out there. <clears throat> I thought he's been mm. really good for the last month, but um, yeah, I don't know. It just wasn't his sort of day, I don't think. Um, a lot of our tolls sort of struggled uh, a fair bit, and um, he was no exception. What about uh, the controversial Jackson as a forward? Well, he kicked a goal, so that was nice. Um, as I said, the, the tolls had no impact, and um, you know he, he only took the two marks. That was it. Um yeah, mm. the queries remain for another week. So, how do how do the queries get banished? Well, probably by uh, either moving him somewhere else, or him, you know, starting to kick four goals a week. Four. <laughs> That's probably oh, one way to do it. <laughs> I'd be happy with two goals a week. Um, yeah, I don't know. Something just doesn't look right there. I, I guess it just comes down to... Well, know, he has been kicking play. two goals a week for the last couple. And uh, the question marks still remain. So do we need to up that to a, to four goals a week? You know, well, he's, kicked, um, he's kicked, what, four, five... He's kicked seven goals in the last five games. So he's he is hitting the scoreboard and he's doing a lot more work uh, than he was doing, say, you know, five to ten weeks ago. Is it... Um... Is it just a result of the fact that our tall forwards aren't functioning overly well, excluding the West Coast game? Is what a function? <clears throat> our tall forwards. Mm. They're not, you know, is this a result of our tall forwards not functioning well? Yeah, is what a result, uh, though? Like the match or? The question mark. No, the question, oh, the question mark, mark over Jackson, trigger. for example. You know, because Dixon's not kicking a bag of goals either. Um, so, you know, the supporters are looking for, um, you know, where's our sources, the goals come from? Uh, if it's not Dixon, um, you know, Jacko, Westhoff is a bit inconsistent as well. So maybe that's the problem. But uh, I don't think Frampton or Howard could be, might be the, the, the solution to the problem there. I think it's too late in the season to make a, a core change like that now. Uh, I can't see it happening at all. Um, 
you know, if we wanted to play Howard or Frampton, we've had perfect opportunities all year to do it. You know, Frampton's been in excellent form for much of the season, hasn't had a look in. Howard kicked eight goals and uh, couldn't get a game coming up against the, the future wooden spooner. Um, so, you know, if we've wanted to change our structures, we've certainly had the opportunity to do it. So, like it or lump it, I think we are what we're playing at the moment is what we're going to see for the rest of the year at least. Um, and you never know, like Trengove might come out and uh, and do a Toby and kick three goals on grand final day. I thought his marking around the ground and up forwards been getting better as the years progressed. Um, yeah, and it wasn't a tall forward game against St Kilda, obviously. But I, I do wonder if maybe um, Brett Eddy might come back in. No, I, can't, I, I really can't see that happening at this point hit. in the season. He'd probably he'd be the only player really forward wise that could probably come into the side though if they're going to pick another tall ish player. The only way he's getting a go is if Trengove gets in, injured, I reckon. And even then, I reckon they would choose Howard or Frampton just for the um, the secondary ruck issue. Mm. But do we need more out of Dixon? Probably, like he's. He's followed the sort of same path as he did last year. Like, he had a really good first half of the season last year as well and then, then died a bit. He, he certainly played better through the second half this year than what he did last year, but um, he, he has died down a, a fair bit. Um, you, you take out the West Coast game and he's only kicked one goal a game in the previous um, seven or eight matches. So, um, he, he could certainly be doing more to hit the scoreboard, I think. Um, but again, like, we're... You know, he's having to work a lot harder than he probably should as well. You know, he's he's moved from being a little bit closer to goal at the start of the year to now being almost a pure centre-half forward because he's getting a lot of his kicks, you know, across that sort of half-forward uh, to wing sort of section of the ground. Yeah. So who were your top five players, Mecca? My top five? Um, Jonas would be up there. For sure. Mm-hmm. I thought Robbie Gray was an absolute star all day. He was brilliant. Uh, Paddy Ryder controlled the rucks. Um, and I, I can't see how there could be any doubt that he will be all Australian ruckman, honestly. Like, people can bring up other names all they like, but no one's had the class and the touch that Ryder's had all year. Um, I thought Pittard was uh, was pretty crucial. Um, Pollock was great. Um, so they're probably my top five. I think I mentioned Pollock twice there. Um, Paul Amon, um, I thought, was um, was really crucial like uh, with his ball use and kicked a really nice goal as well. And, it, and it's great to have Cole back in the side. Yes, it is. Paul should be very happy. Mm. And um, I, I thought of along the lines of Gray, Ryder, Pollock, Jonas and Pittard. Yep, I would agree with those. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Homsh and Young, did they do enough coming back into the side? Uh, I don't know. They were they weren't really that noticeable, to be honest. Um, I mean, it, I think Homsh did some good things and did some bad things, but I mean, it's hard being a defender, isn't it? Especially nowadays in AFL, what can you do? You know, and uh, so, but he helped keep him to a low score, and we won. So I guess it's got to be recognised. He was part of that good defensive unit. Yeah. Well, what did you think of his game? I thought he was actually okay. Mm. I thought he was okay. He wasn't great, oh. but um, I thought he, he handled the conditions okay and uh, 
probably did his job on the day. So um, what? Did, how many? How many possessions did Young get in the end? He got twelve, and kicked a goal. Is it enough? Uh, probably not. Like, I don't know. I don't know with Youngy. I don't know. If if Palmer was selected, would he have got twelve disposals? Quite possibly. Would he? Would he have kicked the goal at how the end I... there? Maybe not, but maybe. Hmm. I don't know. I just part of me just my heart just feels that like poor old Brendan Archie's been a little bit mismanaged this year. I um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. He's, He's had his opportunities goal. and he hasn't taken them. Just like Young Ian, just like a few other players. So, but I argue that he when he got selected this year, he did take his opportunities. Mm. He only had one bad game. Sometimes and that was that's all it takes. Mm. No, no, not enough pressure acts. Such an important stat in AFL football these days. Mm. Pressure, Dominic, pressure. Is he the, the luckiest jars. man uh, at Port Adelaide this week? Well, he's a bit of an enigma, isn't he? I actually, I didn't mind his game. I think it was an awesome <clears throat> eleven possession game or whatever it was. Well, yeah, um, nine, but... nine. There you go. It was nine. That's how good it was. It looked like an eleven possession game. Um, <laughs> but he kicked a goal. <laughs> but he kicked a goal. He was influential. I thought, you know, with his pressure. Um, yeah. But the thing I didn't like was, I think it might have been the last quarter. He went for that specky and sort of took the St Kilda player out. And yeah. then he sort of, and then he sort of tapping him on the back afterwards, like trying to pull him up and see if he's okay. And it's like, come on, man. We're supposed to be ruthless here. You know, we, we, that's, I think it's that's part nice. of our problem. We, we're too, yeah, too nice. It's like, fine, after the game, ask how, you know, you got, you're all right. Sorry I put my knee on your back. Well, really, I'm not sorry because fuck, I meant to do it. Oh, shit, I swore. Um, but, uh, Twice. you know, it's, yeah, shit, did I? Anyway, so, um, yeah, I mean, that's where I would like, we need that bit of killer. Yeah. And, I think even, and I think even Ken's a bit like that, you know. I can understand why the supporters pissed that we're not you know beating the drums about the umpiring uh, and having a bit of a soup because you know a lot of other clubs do it and uh, and you know sometimes that's how you get a bit of recognition the following game at least the umpires look out for you a little bit more but you know we keep playing that party line and I just feel like Ken's he over there is no doubt we would have brought up the umpiring this week absolutely no doubt at all we will be well, Asking for a please explain. No, it doesn't matter what Ken says after the game because he always plays a straight bat after the game. Um, but there's no doubt we will be saying what the hell's going on. Well, maybe he needs to stop playing a straight bat after the game. Maybe, you know, Rucci gave him the bloody ammunition to, you know, not to be abusive, but actually, you know, say, so, yeah, there was, we were a bit confused and perplexed in the direction of some of the free kicks and uh, it was getting quite frustrating. Um, you know that that's enough to to at least raise awareness that you know the club you know that we might even have to look at getting some explanation from the uh, uh, umpire coaches because uh, we don't know what's going on. Either we don't know the rules properly, or something something's going on there. But um, and I and I still think he pays too much recognition to the opposition before the game. I mean, it's good to be respectful, but. I think you can be too respectful to the point that the players start believing it 
and start doubting maybe what they're doing themselves. And uh, you got to have a little bit of a confidence, uh, confident and cocky arrogance about yourself too. Yeah, that's right. Just back to uh, Jars uh, for a minute. We mentioned sort of he's too nice. And I think back to his first year when he ran through Hayden Ballantyne and, and laid a massive bump and won the bowl and, and dish it off our forward as we beat Frio at home. And that's the sort of Jarman that I want to see. Like He's got the body and the pace to be a real sort of wrecking bowl, like a mini choppy picket sort of thing without the timing, I guess. But you know, he should be running three people, uh, and he just doesn't um, mm. often enough. Uh, seems to always get caught when he gets tackled. Like he's, He seems to lack that little bit of core strength to sort of break through tackles a bit. And I'll mm. tell you what, he, I think he's definitely the luckiest man at Port Adelaide this week. With that kick... Um, late in the game, which uh, looked like it should have sealed the win for St Kilda. I mean, you just you, you've got to be smarter than to, than to do those sorts of kicks at that point in, in time. Yeah, it's a fair call. It was a pretty poor kick, and uh, yeah, in theory, it should have cost us the game. So uh, maybe he will be held account. But I guess who have we got to come in? Or take Are we going to? Are we going to pick Angus? Are we going to pick... Um, well, as I said, Cracker? I mean, if Chad's fit, then um, he would come straight back into the side at the, at the expense of what I would like to see, either Matty White or Jarman Impey, because I don't think either of them do enough uh, to justify two spots in the side. Mm. Yeah, I could... look. He's a hard one because he does. He just I don't know. There's something alluring about him that you think. I would I would prefer to see Matty White go as opposed to Impey because I think yes. Impey's still got it in him to on his day kick two or three goals. Whereas I don't think Matty White's got that anymore. Um, yeah. Impey can play probably you know he can play up forward. He can play down back. Can play through the midfield. Whereas Whitey's just a midfielder. Um, Is it over for White? Oh, certainly end of this year, for sure. Well, does he stay in the side? I'm not sure, but no doubt this should be his last season. So he's cooked? I think so. He's lost that yard of pace. He's just not winning enough of the ball. Like, he's 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 playing enough. He's getting enough time on ground, and um, he's just not seeing enough of it for me. Is that is that symptomatic of, though, we're not able to find our outside run at the moment? We're not able to get that space to... For players like White to get enough ball, uh, I don't know. I think he's just getting a little bit lost out there at the moment. He doesn't have that breakaway speed, so we're not looking to find him because he's got someone on him all the time. Mm. It's the unfortunate aspect of getting old. Yes, that is very true. So, would you would you roll the dice on like an Aiden Johnson? For White this week against the Crows, probably or is not that this a, week, or is that a bigger, bigger, big ask? I think it's a big ask. AJ's still pretty raw. He plays the odd really good game at SANFL level, but he also my my concern with I know he had a good game against Carlton when we thrashed them by ninety five points or whatever, but my concern is if we bring him in against a cutthroat showdown, he's going to end up with one kick. Or something like that. Mm. And they're a very physical side this year too. So, um, mm. yeah. Oh, and it's going to rain on uh, rain on Sunday. There you go. 
Should be an interesting one. Yeah. It should be. Yes. Well, I think that's it for this evening, mate. Yes. Oh, I've got one for you. Mm-hmm. Is there a bit of a uh, conspiracy theory about um, the Maggies not having a game on the weekend? I don't think so. No? No. What? What's the conspiracy theory? theory? What's the theory? Well, that we had no, um, no reserve game leading up to a showdown. Well, I don't think so. I don't think that's got anything to do with anything, really. Yeah. I don't, know. I don't think so. I, I think don't think so either. Sort of looking for things that aren't there with that one. So how was the uh, how was the chat room tonight? Chat room was pretty busy. Yeah. As usual, they uh, they chat amongst themselves, which is great. Nothing of interest to point out. Uh, Dylan says thanks, Rick. Oh, I love you, Dylan. Oh, here's a good what one. A... Nicholas Till was asked, um, thoughts on the danger tackle and the MRP's decision? I didn't see it, so it's hard for me to comment. But because it's danger field, he should have got three weeks, not one. <laughs> and and seeing, seeing my buddy Nick's uh, um, tuned in, I'd like to say uh, Sam Gray, again, was not very influential and, again, couldn't lay a tackle. In the big games. In Nick. the big games. I know I know he loves his Sammy Gray, but I still don't he think does. he's up for it. Well, the tackle deserved one week, I think, for sure. And um, it's going to be awkward on Brownlow night when he wins by uh, two votes, is ineligible, and then has to put the Brownlow on uh, <laughs> the second-place winner's neck. Oh, I don't know. That's going to be pretty funny. Hmm. Oh, look, I'm just glad the uh, MRP made the right decision because I think sometimes they can be a little bit um, lax on uh, on those star players, especially if it looks like uh, they might win a Brownlow. Uh, they can be a little bit... Uh, they can let them off the hook a little bit when it comes to uh, giving them actual game suspension. Um, but this time they uh, they pulled the trigger, which is nice. Yeah, no, I'm with you, mate. They, sometimes uh, if you, if it's a local player, so a Victorian player, they seem to get away with it a little bit. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. Did he knock uh, Cruiser out? Yeah, Cruiser went off the ground and didn't play for the rest of the yeah, game. Well, I well then it, I think history is showing that, that usually gets a, uh, gets a game. Yeah. See you, everybody. Go on the pair. Bye. One last hurrah. Loads up. They need a mark and then a goal. West off almost. Motluck couldn't quite. Enright. Good tackle. Cassisi to win it. Cassisi does win it. Oh!